The Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the company of a legendary songwriter. Buzz Rabin is a singer-songwriter. In addition to the songs he has recorded himself, which I recommend you check out, some legendary artists have covered his songs. I'm talking about Ringo Starr, Jerry Lee Lewis, Mel Tillis, David Allen Coe, Hank Williams Jr., Gene Watson, the band Alabama, and most recently, the new 2019 album from Willie Nelson has a Buzz Rabin song, Maybe I Should Have Been Listening, is the title. So first of all, thanks so much for making the time to talk to us. How are you, Buzz Rabin? I'm doing fine for an old fart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know about the legendary part. I didn't realize I had that many cuts <laughs> by, by great artists, but I'm honored. <laughs> Why do you think some of the best singers have decided to record your songs? I don't know. I'm certainly pleased that they have. I think I think I try to write songs with with uh, human emotions of some sort in mind, whether you know whether down or up, and and I believe that's what uh, what they're looking for. I, I know that's what the public's looking for. So you know, I just feel blessed. Where are you at the moment? I'm I'm back in Nashville at the moment. Uh, I got back a couple of days ago. And we've been trying to make this connection now for about, what, about three weeks. <laughs> and we're finally doing it, thanks to you. No. And thanks to you, because, uh, you know, we were supposed to do it last week, and then something came up at the last moment. And um, yeah. But here we are. Yeah. You finally ran me down, or, or vice versa. I don't know which. <laughs> So where does the Buzz Rabin story begin? Where are you from? I'm from Alexandria. I grew up in Alexandria, Louisiana. And I, fortunately, growing up in Louisiana, I was playing, singing in a honky-tonk when I was 15. And along with Gene Dunlap was uh, the band leader and hired me to sing. And uh, I learned so much, you know. And there was all I... From the time I heard Hank Williams, that was the only thing I ever wanted to do was what I'm, what I have been blessed with the, with the opportunity to do, and I thank the supreme power every day for that. But I, as you, you asked uh, where, it, where it came from, I, I don't know. I tried to hone it when I realized that I possibly did have some. Uh, a future baby in doing what I absolutely loved most. I, uh, I began to, to try to hone it to the ultimate and I'm still, I'm still working on it as, as we all are, but I feel, I feel like, uh, I have, I do have proof to myself that I've done something right by being, presented by some of the some of my all-time heroes in country music and and uh, and rock music and uh 
anyhow, that's uh, that's kind of where where it's at. If that answers your question. Absolutely. Now, you said that you're from Louisiana originally, and a lot of the listeners are probably aware that some of the greatest music ever came from Louisiana. You mentioned that you were a fan of Hank Williams. Tell us about some of the other singers that you liked when you were coming up. Oh, when I, at a very young age, Ernest Tubb, of course. I, I remember we used to, when we were riding and, and we we had a, my daddy always had a pickup truck and we all rode in the cab and he'd have the radio going and and it would be on some country station and if it were on Saturday night of course it was on WSM AM the Opry and I knew all Ernst Tubb songs and I used to sing I used to get on my knees on the floorboard and sing along with the radio and and even do the guitar parts that <laughs> that back then. Jimmy Short did when he when when E. T. would say, Oh, Jimmy and I <laughs> I would do that and all that stuff. But then when Hank Williams came along, the emotion the emotion in uh, in Hank Williams was it captured me and, and I'm still captured by it. some of my other influences, early influences of different uh, genres. Well not different genres, but different forms of of what we call country bill monroe and clyde Baum and the bayou boys in louisiana who did bluegrass and clyde Baum later on became a very dear friend uh, when i did a tv show with uh, bozo darnell there in alexandria and and clyde was one of the regulars on it and uh i'd <laughs> That was uh, that was like the meeting of a lifetime. Also, I, I love that guy. And uh, anyhow, <laughs> so there are so many others. I, I was I was influenced by the blues too. Jimmy Reed, Jimmy Reed is so funky that you know <laughs> I, I can sit and listen to to him over and over and over, and and others. But you know, I think you would enjoy hearing this. My wife, Karina. She's from Romania. Oh? We were driving down the road, and Hank Williams came on the radio. And she said, now what is this? Now this is real. I like this. This this is great. <laughs> he had that effect on so many, and still does. Um, he left us at a very young age, but he, he also left us with... Um, just a world of emotion and words that that touch deeply. Now he's taken he's taken us to 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 many places in his uh, in his writings and his and his singing his presentations. I know he's taken me to worlds that I that would have never existed for me had I not heard him hmm. and felt him. Beautifully put. I want to talk a little bit about this new song. Well, it's not a new song, but the song on Willie Nelson's new album, I should say. The name of the album is Ride Me Back Home. And the song... Yes, the Sonny Throckmorton song, one of my all-time, one of my dear friends and and a great, great songwriter and a great person. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I just had to say that. (laughs) I'm glad you did. Yeah, he was just a guest on the show, and 
Yeah, another great. Oh, he's a trip, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping you can tell us about the inspiration behind your song. Maybe I should have been listening. Well, it, it's a, uh, it's it's pretty deep. It's uh, actually when I wrote the song, I wrote it as maybe you should have been listening when I said goodbye. I blamed the other person and and uh and it was uh, when I demoed it the publishing company it, it was published through uh screen GMV and I at that time and and they wanted me to change it to maybe I should have been listening. Oh, well, I wouldn't do it. And they changed it anyhow and then I had a had a single on it by Rayburn Anthony as maybe I should have been listening. And then uh, just uh, or not too far down the road, had a single on it by Jesse, by Miss Jessie Colder, sweetheart that she is. And <laughs> she regarded it the way I wrote it, as maybe you should have been listening and had a, a chart record on it. But it's, uh, you know, it's gone back and forth. Willie, of course, has, has recorded it as, as maybe I should have been listening. I, f- I found an old cassette tape that I'd made when I originally demoed it and I had for Willie Nelson on it. I, I, I meant to pitch it to him right from the first. And that's a long story. I won't go I won't go into that. I'd take up the whole day. But after all these years it finally Willie my understanding from Buddy Cannon is that Willie was listening to Gene Watson's cut of the song. Gene had a had a chart single on it too, and then really delivered it well. But uh, Buddy said he got on. He, he went. He went down to Texas. He got on the bus, and Willie was on there listening to songs, and and was listening at that moment to maybe I should have been listening. And he asked Buddy, you know, you you know this song you're familiar with? And he said, Oh yeah, that's that's Buzz's song. And Willie said, "Well, I'll, you know, I want to do this." So, consequently, on their on the next session that they did, they included it, and I'm so thankful. And, and I had this is rather ironic, I think. And I, I told Buddy about it, and he's told Willie. I dreamed that I heard Willie singing it about two about two years before uh, this cut. I heard him singing it, and I even heard the guitar part on it that was so that was very similar. And uh, you know, I, just when I found, when I got the call that he had recorded the song, it was like, oh well, you know, I knew that. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen, but uh, you know, I didn't. But I, I'm so thankful that it did. Thank you, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Bless your heart and buddy. Buzz, I don't mind telling you, you you made me kind of misty-eyed with that story. It was it was touching to hear. Well, I I, I didn't mean to take you to the depths. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I can touch people with with anything that I that I say or or do or present, then I'm blessed. I feel like I've, I'm fulfilling my I don't know if I call it destiny. I'm fulfilling my my dreamed of role as a, as a human being. That album, the new one with, with 
from Willie Nelson, I have to say, it's it's one of the best. It's just from beginning to end, it's so good. I think so, too. That's some great material on it, Guy Clark, the Guy Clark song, and the, of course, the, uh, <laughs> the Mac Davis. You know, it sure is hard to be humble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I I don't find it that hard to be humble, but occasionally I <laughs> I like to show off. <laughs> what is you like about country music? Everything. I I would would be the general answer. It's it's too it's for and to the people. There's no there's no uh for the most part it has no no thrills and no uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it this way, and and it'll be quote commercial unquote. Well, you know, I've I've always been a believer that if if you do it right and do it with all your heart and soul, it'll be quote commercial unquote. Commercial meaning the public will accept it, and it and it hopefully it'll be something they've been wanting to hear. Or feel, and uh, that's where I try to come from. Anyhow. Who was the first artist who cut a Buzz Rabin song? Oh, let's see. Back, I suppose the first. Well, the first cut I had was uh, was before I came to Nashville. Bozo Bozo Darnell. People from Texas, from the from the South, from Louisiana. He's from Louisiana himself. When I affiliated with him doing this TV show, we went we went out to West Texas and recorded some stuff. And then shortly after that, I got a couple of cuts by by some Texas artists that that later on have become well known. Uh, at that time, there was a uh, well, who later on became Freddie Fender was, uh, I understand, through Pappy Daly had recorded one of my songs. It never was released, but but what the heck, you know, just to have it recorded. The first, the first, uh, the first cut I had when I got to Nashville, uh, Jimmy Sad and I came here together from the West Coast. Uh, he's he's a Mississippi friend. He's in Texas now, but we came here together from the West Coast. And, we were here like two weeks and had a chart record. And we like, oh, this is easy. Well, you know, we didn't have another one for like two years. But the the first cut was 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 a song called. <laughs> Wait, let me think. Uh, I, it escapes me right now. But it was Bobby Bobby Emmons, I think it was that recorded it. And, and it was. Uh, Every time I carry the torch, I get burned. I think was was the title. Anyhow, I, my at my age, my, sometimes my my memories get a little cloudy. And uh, forgive me if I if I missed uh, the boat on the name of the song and the artist. I try not to do that, but you know, sometimes <laughs> it's all right. It must be quite a story how Ringo Starr ends up recording the title cut of his album, Bukus of Blues. You wrote that song. 
I was in the right place at the right time. And I had, I was with Pete Drake, my mentor and, and one of my heroes. And, uh, he had, I had written a song. I'd come to Nashville and gone back to the West coast where I'd, I'd been playing music for like four or five years before I came to Nashville. Well, I would come here and I'd go back and I'd, you know, but I wrote the song while I was out there. I, I had had that idea from, oh, from my teenage years because in Louisiana, the, that buku this, buku that, of course, is, is common. But we, those of us who were not true Cajuns, we did. We didn't say buku. That we said bukus of this, bukus of that. And then, uh, strangely enough, when the when our boys were in Nam fighting that ridiculous war, they that was a, the French having been there for many years. The bar girls had picked up that phrase bukus of this and bukus of that from them. Well, a lot of the boys that came back from Nam were familiar with that phrase. And I, I didn't really realize it at the time when I when I wrote the song that I mean I'd tried to write the song over the years. But I didn't realize that 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 was the case that that the Vietnam connection would come into play. But anyhow, I came back from the West Coast and and just so happened that within the next few months, Pete well Pete had gone to had gotten a call from George Harrison and gone to to England and to play on his album and met Ringo while he was there. Ringo wanted to do the country album, asked Pete to play on it. Well, Pete, being the <laughs> the uh, the promoter and the uh, the person who understood pre pre promo. Decided to talk to Ringo and to come to Nashville. It was, you know, just the the fact of you coming to Nashville and cutting it will will be a big deal, and and it was. So anyhow, Ringo came and and uh, I had just demoed that song. You well, well, Pete played it for Ringo. He liked it. They cut it. The rest is history, as they say. That was a really good day. I met Ringo and <laughs> got the title cut of the album all in the same day. Let me mention one more thing. The, the picture, the photo on the back of the album of uh, almost everyone involved in the in the session. Strikingly, I'm not in that picture. Well, <laughs> that wasn't their fault. I, I was uh, I was living on a, a boat that I had uh, rented at the time. It was the old Tennessean lady that had belonged to Senator Keefauver at one time. You know, Ronnie Dale and I had had rented it. It was tied up on the Cumberland River, and we'd rented it, and we're living on it. And uh, I'd had a really <laughs> full night <laughs> the day before that that picture was taken, and I just didn't make it <laughs> to the to the photo op. And you know, I I wish I had, but I didn't. And uh, anyhow, I just wanted to explain <laughs> why I wasn't there. I didn't want people to think they had bleeped me out. No. <laughs> I'm I'm talking too much. No, you're not. No. That's what you're here for <laughs> on this show. No. No, okay. Okay. What did um, you think of Ringo singing 
on your song? I thought he did a decent job on it. I mean, not being not being familiar with with uh, with Cajun, and well, I suppose he was familiar with Cajun music to a degree. Excuse me, I had to get a drink of water. My mouth was getting dry. I thought he did a decent job on it. I, I really appreciated how hard he worked on it, and uh, and was honored to to have the cut and. And have uh, since since then communicated with him. Well, running to him a couple of times, and I consider him a friend. I hope he considers me a friend. I also consider him a great showman. I love this uh, all-star band that <laughs> that he has now performing, and I love the way he does it. He comes out front, and he features the band, the all-star band, which is made up of a bunch of stars in their own right. And then he'll come out front, and, and the people love him. Everybody loves Ringo. And he, but he'll come out front, do his thing, and then you go play drums behind, behind the all-star band. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That he's, you know, like, he's a superstar, but he, but he's, he shares his time with, but we'll see that those who are with him and that he that he that he loves and and they and they all work together and they and they love what they do and it and it's just it comes across so well and and as I say the audiences everywhere he goes they love him all ages so you know what can I say he's he's great and I'm I'm proud that he recorded my song and I'm proud to call him friend. This might be a difficult question. You might not like that I'm asking. <laughs> but if you had to pick a favorite interpretation of one of your songs, who did the best job of singing a Buzz Rabin song? I would have to say Gene Watson. He's, he's recorded four or five of my songs. and I mean, I certainly don't want to leave anyone else out. I think... I think Willie's rendition of 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 that of that particular song that he that he got by listening to Gene Watson, uh, Willie's cut on it is just fabulous too. He, he interprets it in a different way, but it's but it's damn well interpreted. <laughs> so, but I Gene Gene has such a well, he, he has a great voice. For one thing, but he also has emotion, great emotion, and he knows the song when he hears it, and when he presents it, he presents it the way he, the way he feels, and that that means so much. I mean, I've had other cuts that I, the Jerry Lee Lewis thing, the Alcohol Fame, that I, I love the, uh, you know, what can I say, the killer, and, and he killed it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but there's, you know, there's so many. Uh, I think Jesse, Miss Jesse Colder's rendition of of the maybe you should have been listening is a is one for the books too. I mean, she's she's a she's a soul grabber too. She gets hold of you and won't turn you loose. So, and Waylon, I was at a Tommy Collins benefit. Well, it wasn't a benefit. It was a, it was Tommy himself before he passed, of course. Putting on a show and, and a bunch of us were there, and, 
and Waylon was there, and Waylon came over and sat down at my table and, and started. Uh, that's uh, that song came up, and he said, "Well, I'm thinking about doing that. Jesse and I doing it. So maybe I, maybe you." Should have, and I said, "Oh boy, I wish you would. You know, I'll pay. I'll, I'll be there tomorrow. I'll pay for the for the session. I'll do whatever." Yeah, it didn't. It never happened. But, but uh, and let me say this: the I decided after after a while that maybe I should have been listening. Was the was the 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 male the guy that was that was what he should say, and maybe you should have been listening. Was what. The girls should say, "Oh, the guys never listen." I mean, that they accuse us of never listening. <laughs> of course, we do. Sometimes we <laughs> act like we don't. But I decided that maybe I was the guy. Maybe you was the lady. Was the ladies' lyric? So those and others. I think uh, Hank Junior's delivery on "In the Arms of Cocaine" is, is great. Of course, anything he does is. It's pretty great. There's there's so many others. I think Mel did great job on on all the stuff of mine that he's cut. And you know, I I don't know. It's hard to choose. I just I love them all, and I'm thankful for them. And if I've if I've left someone out, then I, I know I have. But thank you, thank all of you. And uh, you know, I'm just that's this is what I do, and. Thank you for helping me do it. Buzz, what do you think is the best way for men and women to get along? <laughs> oh, yeah, you said the last one was going to be a hard question. <laughs> uh, sometimes uh, too much togetherness can push you apart. As I'm sure you've heard that phrase, and I'm sure you're probably familiar with the with the the realism of it, I think. Sep- I don't necessarily think that uh, separate lives can help, can help you get along, but but uh, keeping in mind that you you can't be together all the time, and you have to you have to honor and respect the other's lifestyle and ambitions and what they do. And, you know, if you don't respect each other in, in, uh, in that regard and all regard, then it's going to collapse somewhere down the road. And I've, I've been through a couple of collapses and, and it ain't fun. It's no fun at all, folks, hmm. as many of you know, but, uh, that's how they get along, respect each other. And, Stay close in touch, but don't get don't stay too close too much. No. Hmm. Very interesting. I'm hoping you can tell us about some of the recordings that you've made. I was listening to a song called "The Drifter." That was uh, the first record that I had released after I got to Nashville was was a drifter on, on stop label, which was Pete Drake's label. And, uh, and it got, it, it didn't cause a big stink or a big rumble, but it, but it got some exposure and I, I was really happy with it. And I think that that, that that particular cut, for those of you who haven't heard it, it's, I think you can find it on, on the internet, on 
on Facebook and so forth. And uh, give it a listen. Uh, it, my delivery on it, I think, is one of my best. It's a very lonely song. Uh, and when I, at the time that I wrote it, I was going through a pretty lonely time. And uh, hopefully, uh, I, I captured it. And, I mean, I, I, I was feeling a lot of that that loneliness at the time. And I'm proud of that cut. On, on, my, on the album, Cross Country Cowboy, I think the uh, my rendition of it's the of the ballads on there are are uh, a couple of them are pretty good. Miss Melville Montgomery does the harmony with me on on several of the things, and, and she nailed it. And there's this, you know angels in red, a tribute to ladies of the evening. Is one of my favorites, and and I mean it. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I'm flourish it a little bit and make it a little, make it seem a little more romantic than than I'm sure it sometimes is. But any, nonetheless, <laughs> I, I I see that part of it too, and uh, I you know I just felt like saying that, so I did. I stole the melody from Streets of Laredo. Which was a PD stole part of the melody in you, but and <laughs> and when you listen to it, if you if the melody sounds familiar, well, that's where it came from. And this I know is the another ballad on there that I uh, I'm proud of the delivery on that too. And Miss Melba is on it. Miss, it's uh you know I I may not know a lot of things, but this I know you know I'm. I know that I'll I'll lose you. That's gonna leave a hole in me. And, uh, and if I don't know anything else, this I know. So, you know, there's I'm rambling on, but anyhow, that's. <laughs> I'm enjoying everything you're saying. It's it's very interesting to me, and also, I wanted to go into a little bit some of the people you've written with. Well, I've had the honor to to have written with uh, with many great writers. Jimmy Sad, who I mentioned earlier, has been one of my favorite all time favorites to write with. He's he's a very soulful person. Flash Gordon, who's on Facebook, is William Gordon, but nobody calls we don't call him William. We call him Flash, and uh, we've written together. Dean Dillon, I was uh, honored to have written. Together few things with Dean, who's prolific and a very and a very good friend and as nutty as a run over dog <laughs> to put it in someone else's words. But anyhow, it, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, buddy Buddy Cannon and I've written stuff together. Uh there's uh I don't think uh there's so many of them that and anyone that 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 I have written with has been an honor. It's been it's not just been a contribution. It's, I mean, it's been maybe what I did on it was a contribution, but they I don't consider their their parts as contributions. I, I consider their part as as the the core of whatever we've created together and I and I've just kinda 
helped round it out most times and was honored to do so. There's a lot of great writers there that you've written with. When I was launching the podcast version of this show, after having been on the radio for quite some years, I decided episode one should be Willie Nelson. And then I wanted episode two to be Dean Dillon, because I wanted to show that on this program, I'm going to have both the sung and the unsung heroes, you know, and Dean has started to get some recognition. You know, he had this documentary film that came out about him, but I'm curious to know from you, do you think songwriters get the respect that they deserve? Uh, it's it's hard to say. Sometimes, sometimes they do. Sometimes it's it. Sometimes they they, they seem to exist in darkness for so long. I mean, there there are songwriters out there that and that and songwriters that should be out there that are not. That are just I mean amazing. They they they're prolific and they're soulful and and. Uh, but I am a believer that cream rises to the top, and if you if you hang on and do what you do and do it with the, all your heart and soul, you somebody's going to notice one of these days, you know. And uh, you know, I, I, I would like to mention David Allen Cove to uh, we've written together and 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 we've roared together and we've lived together and we've almost died together <laughs> over the years and and. Uh, that that's been an honor too. I mean, everybody everybody's familiar with the wild, crazy side of David Allen Coe, and please be familiar with the with the soulful, tender, caring side of the man too, because he damn sure has one. And I'm I'm proud that we're that we're friends and have been. We've been friends since the late seventies. Or I'm sorry, the late sixties. And you know, he's he, he's just. He's one of my all-time favorite people. Interesting. I can't, I can't run with him all the time because I can't keep up. <laughs> but, but nevertheless, I love him. I feel like David Allen Coe is one of those people, both as a singer and a writer, that people forget to list when they talk about the greats. I would be very curious to know, what is it like to sit down and write a song with David Allen Coe? Well, it's a, it's very interesting. He's deeply opinionated, and so am I. And we, but we've managed to actually the way we've written together for the most part is we'd get an idea, and then he he'd write some, I'd write some, then we'd get together, and we'd use this, use that, not use this, not use that, and then go off and and do some more. To to sit down eye to eye, toe to toe pen to pen and, and write a song with David Allen Coe. I I have not done that and and probably never will. But it works. What we do and what we have done works. And uh sometimes that's the way it has to be. I'm I'm sure other writers will agree with me on that point that that there are there are those masterful writers that you have you have had the the privilege and the honor to have written with that it just worked. It, it just worked that way. You just didn't get together in a quote writer's room, unquote, 
and uh, put down a bunch of words. And sometimes it, it comes over a over a long period of time when you keep getting back to to each other. There's a a song on on uh, Dak. I call him Dak. David Allen Coe on his his first album, The Mysterious Rhinestone Cowboy. The uh, the song on there, Old Man Tell Me, that we wrote together. There's a line in there that Dak sang the song to Mickey Newberry, an all-time hero of, 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 of David and, and of Dak and myself. And uh, there's a line in there that that Mickey contributed but wouldn't 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 let us give him credit for. That you just can't shake hands. If there's one thing I've learned, it's this. You just can't shake hands with a fist. Now that's a great line, and and uh, and Mickey, bless his heart, who has gone on now, and we miss him. But uh, that's so real. That is so real. And uh, anyway, I just wanted to mention that. If you could write with any other songwriter, any songwriter who's still with us, that is. Not limited to country music, just maybe it is in country music. It's totally up to you. Who would you like to write with that you haven't yet? Well, currently, uh, it's so hard to to say. I I would have loved to have written with Whitey Schaefer and Billy Joe Schaefer. Billy Joe Schaefer and I are longtime friends, too, but we've never written anything together. And uh, and I, I, I consider him... One of one of the all time greats. I mean, the way the way Billy Joe says things, they're they're said, Hoss, and <laughs> that's it. Other writers currently, let's see. Let me. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I I can't. I just can't. I can't name one right at the moment. There are so many of them. And there there's. Country music has broadened so much that uh, there's there, there are people that that are doing that are writing things now that are you know society changes you have, and uh, you have to say something that society relates to and uh, some of the lyrics that are being presented these days it wouldn't have made sense you know a few years ago but they do now. And some of those writers whom I just can't pinpoint at the moment, but I, uh, the way they say things, I, I would like to, I would be honored to combine their thoughts with mine or, and vice versa. But I didn't answer your question, I don't think, but I'm, I'm sorry. I just, anyone who, who feels it like so many do, I'd be honored to write with. Well, you did mention Billy Joe Shaver, and I have to agree with you. He's a, a heck of a writer. He can be funny. He can be sentimental. He he just has it all. <laughs> oh, yeah. He sure does. Haggard, you know, I, Haggard and I were, were friends. We didn't run together a lot, but, and I always wanted to, to write with Haggard, and I, I always wanted him to cut one of my songs, and Unfortunately, it never happened. But he he <laughs> he caught me one day. He was coming off his bus, and, and I was just passing by. 
and I spoke to him, and he said, "Hey, Buzz, man, that's some, he just listened to some demos. He said, man, that's some good singing and some good some good songs." And and I said, "Well, you know, they're available." <laughs> and he laughed, but, but <laughs> he, he didn't get he didn't get around to cutting one of them. But yeah, that would have been really an honor. And, and Wayne Stewart, the most to me, the most unheralded country song singer and writer of all time. And we and Wynn was was a dear friend. We wrote a couple of things together that never got that he never got around to recording, but but just, you know, being friends and, and uh being around him. And let me say one more thing. Shortly before he passed away, we got together in town at that uh Dusty Adams's apartment. And Wayne was was about to go into the studio, and I sang him a, a song, "If You'll Hold the Ladder, I'll Climb to the Top." And he loved it. He wanted to record it. I gave him the tape on it, and he he was going to do it when when he went into the studio, but he he never made it to the studio. Well, that that song is to my honor was also is included. It is only the, the move is in the movie Tender Mercies. Robert Duvall sings the song, and I wish, I wish intensely that that Wynn could have stayed around and, and done it, but it just didn't happen. But he's somewhere, you know, and just to know that he appreciated the song means means a whole lot to me. Hmm. On that note, what is the best thing about being Buzz Rabin? Wow, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's just uh, having the privilege of, of being included in what I love so much, country music, is uh, that to me that uh, that's you can't beat that, uh, and I, it's my my honor. And uh, and thank y'all for accepting what I do, and I, I mean I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You, uh, if I didn't do this, I I don't know. If I couldn't do this, I I don't I don't know. I couldn't exist. Hmm. I couldn't do anything else. I I couldn't. I just, you know, I'm too lazy to work. <laughs> Got to do something. <laughs> but but that being Buzz Rabin is, has, I've just been blessed. And thanks. I always like to give the guest the stage. For anyone who's listening in, we've got people listening in from all over. Totally open-ended. What would you say to the folks who are tuned in? Uh, just uh, thank you for being there. Thank you for listening. We love you. We hope you uh, appreciate what we do, and and we're extremely aware that that many of you do. And thank you. We're uh, we do what we do for us, but we do it for you too. I mean, it keeps us from from going crazy, and we hope that it that it touches all of you in some way. And we know it has in the past, and we hope it continues to do so. And God bless you. I had all of these titles that I put on you at the beginning. I said that you you were a singer, that you were a songwriter, 
that you've recorded yourself, that other people have recorded your work. How do you define Buzz Rabin? Who is Buzz Rabin? Uh, just a, I'm just a, a country boy who's, who does what I do by the grace of God. And I love what I do. And it's, I'm just, you know, I'm just one of the, one of the many who are doing this. And, and, uh, and I'm honored to be running with the pack. It's just, Buzz Rabin is a, just a guy, you know, that's, that's been so blessed in so many ways that I can't count. And other than that, you know, um, if I see you on the street, we look just alike. We act, we have the same emotions. We, uh, we, we laugh, we cry, we, uh, have a beer. Uh, we have a, a hard, let her make a hard liquor. We sometimes, sometimes we shed a tear and sometimes we laugh our heads off. We, we try to, we're, we're thankful that we have been able to adapt to many situations and, and uh, uh, many parts of humanity have accepted us and we, we appreciate it. Now I'm choking up here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your time, Paul. You, you don't know how much I appreciate this. Well, I've appreciated it. I feel very fortunate to have been able to do this interview with you. Thank you. It's my honor. My honor. Well, sir, have a great day. I really appreciate it. Until next time. Well, thank you. Thank you again. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right, sir. Well, if you uh, if you ever pass through Atlanta, I would love to meet you. Well, I haven't in a while, but you know, you never can tell. <laughs> That's uh, anywhere, anywhere, anywhere south is, is uh, likely to to see me wandering through there occasionally. <laughs> and I'll certainly keep that in mind. Anytime I get anywhere close to Atlanta, I'll make it a point to get in touch with you. Wonderful. And thank you again. Pop, pop. Doodly zing bang booyah ducky jop a doona cock a boodly ka sabiti punk at chilapakadu zilipanka total luck upon a goodbye.